Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome to Stupidity, home of the greatest media mind ever to walk the planet. I tell you what, man, he's a literal titan across the entire media landscape. Okay, so here's the deal. He's a true icon in every sense of the word. He's loved and feared more than any being to grace this planet. Hey, guys, is it a man with a voice that sounds like Barry White and Beyonce had a Jewish baby? God himself would pay $39.99 for a cameo. Fact of the matter is, you are about to embark on a transcendent experience that can only be described as psychological nudity. This is Stu Gatz, and this is Stu Potty. Here we go, Jim. Tony! Welcome in to another episode of Stupidity, the biggest podcast in the world, thanks to you and DraftKings. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Unsubscribe, resubscribe, re-rate, re-review. We are the biggest in the world, thanks to you at DraftKings. <laughs> How about that, Mike? Uh, a little poker today, huh? Phil Helmuth going to join the show. This is very, very exciting, Mike. I'm, I'm trying to think of what Stu Gatz is like at the poker table. Is he the guy that you want, like, to keep in because he just bleeds money? Like, Stu Gatz, is he, are, are you the guy that just throws down, ah, throw in another hundred, no big deal? Or are you the guy Yeah, I'm the guy. Are you the shark? I'm the guy... I'm the guy who never stops, and of course you want me at your poker table. I'm Stugatz. I mean, who wouldn't want me at their poker table? Somebody I who mean, can beat me. Listen, I, somebody who can take my money is somebody I don't want at my poker table. I'm not someone who can take your money. I mean, listen, I, I'm telling you right now, I am not the guy. I've been taking Dan's money for years now, but I am not someone. <laughs> but not poker. <laughs> yeah, but, but not poker. Poker, I'm just going to chat you up. I mean, we're going to talk sports. You'll get a couple of Kevin Durant hot takes. I mean, if we're in Vegas... I'll give you something on the Vegas Golden Knights. I mean, <laughs> the Raiders. I mean, <laughs> Jerry Tarkanian and that UNLV team. Are you the kind of guy that somebody asks you to go to, to play poker and you're like, who's at the table? And if it's not a certain level of person, you're like, no, nah, I'm out. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yep, yep. I go to the high end tables, Mike, and I don't care if I lose. I just want to. I just want to sit next to celebrities and wealth. Okay, I, I just want to sniff money. I don't care if I lose mine. It's like I'm smelling someone else's. I mean, how about that? <laughs> uh, listen, uh, before Phil comes on, and Mike, the reason I'm excited is this is the Michael Jordan of poker. This is whoever you think the greatest baseball player ever is, Barry Bonds for me. This is the Barry Bonds of poker. The the Wayne Gretzky of poker, right? I've given enough examples there. Like it's very rare where you get a guy, you want to call it a sport, you want to call it a skill, 
who is the Michael Jordan of something. And Phil Hellmuth is the Michael Jordan of poker. I mean, I am irrationally excited just because I keep saying Michael Jordan. <laughs> I'm excited, Mike. <laughs> we have the Michael Jordan of something, Mike. It's the first time. Oh, no, we had Tom Brady. We had Tom Brady. We had Tom Brady. Yes, we had Tom Brady. Um, listen, you know what I'm going to do here. I hope you're prepared for it. A quick game of athletes that can know poker. How about that? Let's do it. <laughs> All right, let's Chip do it. Chip Kelly again. Chip Kelly, you and Chip Kelly, you're a one-trick pony. You really are. What a lame pony yes. to be on. Yes. The Chip Kelly pony. All right. I got Ace Custis. How about that? Ace Custis. He was, a, uh, I think, a power forward for Virginia Tech back in the day. Bernard uh, King. Oh, wow. Bernard King. That is an excellent. How about Raymond Felton? How about that? Little Felt. Ah, little Felt on the table, Mike. Patrick Queen. Who you got? Patrick Queen. Oh, Patrick Queen. I thought you said, I got your queen. I was like, what? What do you got? Patrick Patrick Queen's pretty good. How about Brian Cardinal? Cards. I mean, the custodian. Jack Doyle. Deuce McAllister. I I am prepared for this game. Nikola Jokic. The Joker. Boom. Stupidity. I win. Let's bring on uh, Phil Helmuth, the Michael Jordan of something. Stu Gouts here for my friends over at Miller Lite. A lot's changed over the years. One thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So, what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. Listen, for me, it's simple. When I'm sitting around with friends, with family, we're at concerts, we're watching the Knicks finally win for the first time in 30 years, we're laughing, we're having a great time, we do it with ice cold. Miller Lite. Always have, always will. Miller Lite keeps it simple, undebatable quality, great taste, only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash stew, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer oh my gosh folks gather around everyone gather around listen to these words the nba playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nba with same game parlays live betting odds boosts and so much more don't miss out as the nba postseason winds down and if you're new to DraftKings, you gotta check this out new customers listen to me you bet just five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code DAN. That's code DAN for new customers. And you get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. That's insane. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Oh, Bucky Reese! <laughs> Bucky Reese! <laughs> Ah, Pokey Reese is, it might be the best one. You know, Pokey Reese for a time was missing. I'm not certain we have found him. Uh, he was the Marlins second baseman, a shortstop, whatever. And he went missing for a while. And um, I don't know if they found him or not. But Pokey Reese, Mike. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm trying to think of clubs, spades. Oh, David Spade. How about that? David Spade. Yeah, not an athlete, but athletes and entertainers. Mickey Hart. Uh, 
Oh, Mickey Hart. Jesus, how did I not get that? Considering I'm a Diamond Dallas Page. Diamond Dallas Page. Fantastic. Um, Spades, clubs, diamonds, hearts. We got them all covered. Did we get all the, (laughs) have we gotten all the cards covered? Like, there's got to be a guy who's like last, like, right? Uh, Ocho Cinco. How about that? (laughs) (laughs) Little A5. I mean, (laughs) you would fold. You would fold every time. I would fold there. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't continue. But if you had a pair of Ace Custises, you are in, my friend. And I mean all in. I mean, that is that is the deal. <laughs> what are you laughing at, Phil? <laughs> we were playing a we we're playing a quick game of uh, athletes and entertainers that can know poker, and I came up with Raymond Felton. How you like that one, huh, Phil? That's obscure. I mean, uh, Draymond Green filmed with me. Uh, Draymond Green filmed with me, uh, uh, and uh, and loves poker. Um, let's see who else. We- Russell Westbrook. So I host Tiger Jam every year. Right. And uh, Westbrook. Uh, Westbrook's a hell of a poker player. I mean, he plays a lot of poker too. Really? Uh, who is of the of all the celebrities you play poker with? Who is the best poker player? I mean, Ben Affleck and Toby Maguire are really good. And uh, but I mean, Draymond Green has been working really hard. I've been coaching him for like four or five years. Right. He plays high stakes poker with us day day. We take a quick break to tell you that if I were any good at this, I would have made the joke, does anyone love the flop more than Draymond Green? Back to the podcast. All right. And, uh, and I mean, he's just, his game's just gotten, no limit hold him, his game's gotten really, really good. So he's probably the best player in the NBA. You know, he plays on the plane with Steph and Clay and you right. heard about that. I mean, yes. it's funny because a lot of the European guys play uh, in that game. We take a quick break to let you know that if I was any good at this, I would have asked Phil if anyone loves pocket threes more than Steph Curry. Back to stupidity. And so I host the Warriors charity poker tournament every year, which is right. I'd like to get in that. I mean, is that possible? Can we make that happen, (laughs) Phil? Yeah, you have to fly out here, though. I would fly it's out there. Because I would fly out. Yep. It's fun because the players play. Yeah, I, I can ask. I'm sure they. I'm sure they'd like okay. that. I mean, they. It's all. They. They like press. All right. Good. And uh, and it's just so much fun because the Warriors. Every Warrior plays, and they love the event. And Steph Curry and Day Day have this. You know, kind of last longer. And Steph has been the last player standing three years in a row. Wow. He has a lot of skill when it comes to poker, wow. and uh, he just has great patience. I also would have asked him, does Steph despise twos? Oh, I'm bad at this. Back to the podcast. Draymond Green is the guy who never shuts up at the poker table, right? He has to be. Day is the coolest guy. <laughs> and uh, like, he'll lo- like if he loses a big pot, he doesn't like throw his cards. He doesn't like, the, the, the basketball brat does not translate. So I had someone, I'm at a Twitter contest in 2019, 2020, where I had people making videos of Day Day and I blended together losing it. And we had some really, I mean, they did a really good job. And I was giving like, I don't know, 2000, whatever I was giving away, I was giving away money for them, to people to cut videos together. And then I played one of Draymond and I losing it uh, at the Warriors Charity Poker Tournament. And at first, Joe Lacob, who's my friend, he's the main owner. It's like, oh shit, this is all ego. And then, you know, about 10 seconds in, he's like, 
Because <laughs> it shows Draymond losing it, it shows me losing it, and then Draymond losing it, and then me losing it. And it was just funny because he's so similar to me as far as, you know, when he's at the court and when I'm at the table, we both tend to lose it. But, but you know, at the poker table, he's a very cool customer. Seriously, though, how the fuck did I not make the Draymond flopping joke? Stupidity. That's how. Back to the podcast. Phil Helmuth is with us. His new book, Hashtag Positivity, You Are Always in the Right Place at the Right Time, is at wherever books are sold. You teach eight important life tips and explain why you are always in the right place at the right time. I'm going to ask you about that in just a second. Actually, you know what? Let's do it right now. Give me an example where Phil has been in the exact right place, the greatest example of you being in the right place at the right time, Phil. Oh my God, I have such such amazing examples of, of me being in the right place at the right time. But I like to tell this story for the people that are watching. I mean, recently, recently there was a company called Fluid Form. They're 3D printing heart valves and we have them in pigs already. And they wanted me to join the advisory board. They come to me and I'm like, wow, they're coming to a professional poker player is my way of joking and laughing at myself. But I know what I provide. I mean, it's a sheet of paper. I will help you with this, 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 and this. And so the CEO, he has three industry-specific ballers, but he decides to hire me. Well, one of the one of the things on their list, they're talking about platelet-rich plasma, PRP. That's the surgery that Kobe had in 2008. Well, my friend, one of my really good friends, owns 20 PRP patents in the U.S. and three overseas. He's the man that invented PRP surgery. And I just thought, this is so bizarre. So I signed my deal, and I do the things I'm supposed to do on the sheet. And I'm like, oh, by the way... Let me put you in touch with the number one platelet-rich plasma guy on the planet. Yeah. You know? And uh, so it just felt like for that brief moment, I was the center of the universe. How does this amazing firm from this amazing university on the East Coast come to me? And then how in the world, you know, am I connected, you know, so closely with Dr. Alan Mishra, you know, who invented all the PRP stuff? And how do I just connect them? And did they ever see that coming? But, you know, to, to extend this to an example for the people that are watching at home, the one I use in, in all of my books, imagine, Stu Gatz, that you're at your, at your dinner table and, 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 and you have, and I guess yeah. what, you have two kids. Two kids. Wow, look at you, Phil. You did more, you did more so research you than I did on you. I mean, how about that? <laughs> and so, so imagine that you have eight amazing reasons why you want to do eight amazing reasons why a sports bar you're going to do is going to work. And you lay it out in front of your wife and kids and you say, Martha, please. (laughs) Well, actually your wife's not named Martha, but say Martha, please pass the peas, which means you're done thinking about it. The peas are past you, which I received from uh, Carl Westcott, who's this amazing uh, billionaire that I love and, and has been a friend of mine forever. That's his, way Martha please pass the piece saying the idea is done next door uh, a guy with with two kids is laying out the eight perfect reasons why he wants to start a sports bar this guy makes one little note he says you know what tomorrow on the way home from work I'm going to stop by my favorite sports bar and as he opens that door to walk into that sports bar everybody on this podcast everybody listening can imagine that there's seven other figurative doors right behind it he's made that step He's in the right place at the right time. So is the other guy, but he knows it. And by making that first step, who knows what happens? Maybe this guy sells a sports bar to him. Maybe this guy takes a liking to him and helps him out in a lot of other ways. 
You know, I mean, maybe at the end of the day, door number eight is, well, if you do this, you're going to have to be there every morning at 8 a.m. and every night at 2 a.m. And maybe it's too much work. But there's a plethora of doors right behind that. And so I want to teach the public, the global public, that they're in the right place at the right time. All the billionaires know it all the people you know all the people that i'm fortunate enough to, to be friends with and hang out with you know uh know this uh but you know not enough people know this and if, if everybody learns this so that's one huge tip from my book the other quick one is to take your 2021 goals yep. write them down and paste them on your bathroom mirror on your bathroom you're not paste and so there's your goals and it's amazing how many people then come to me after I give a speech, after they see me on a podcast, after whatever, they read my book and they say, oh my God, Phil, I hit my number one and my number two goals. Because every morning when they brush their teeth, which I just did, I get up late <laughs> and they brush their hair, they see these goals on their mirror. And so I'm changing people's lives with this. And Tony Robbins uh, tells people to buy my book in his advanced seminars. And so you know, yeah, I appear on the surface to be a professional poker player, but I'm trying to be a, a lot more. Uh, that is uh, that is some great stuff. I am uh, I am worried, Mike. And don't let this happen. Do not allow me to call Abby Martha later, okay? Because <laughs> like, I feel like it's going to happen. <laughs> That's all you've got, Stu Guts. <laughs> Phil, um, we're excited. You're the Michael Jordan of poker. Is that fair? Are you comfortable with that? Because you are. You're the Michael Jordan of poker. Well, I mean, I wanted to be the greatest poker player of all time. And I wrote that down as a goal in uh, 1988. And, uh, and I figured the only way... By the I way, Phil, 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 I'm sorry to cut you off. When you say write it down, you actually mean physically write it. Don't type it out. Write it down with a pen and a piece of paper and stick that thing on your mirror, correct? Because you'll remember yes. it more. It will mean more, right? Yes, yes. Well, that's a, that's a third tip from... That's a third chapter from my book, and that's your lifetime goals. And I, okay. I wrote down lifetime goals... Yeah, but now, now when I when I stick them on the on the mirror, the twenty twenty one goals, uh, <laughs> right. you know, uh, I do have them. You know, my writing's pretty bad, so I will have them. You know, I will, <laughs> I will, uh, I will actually type them out. Okay. But yeah, no, I wrote it down as a goal. I want to become the greatest poker player of all time, and uh, and I thought the only way I could do it was by win the most World Series poker tournaments. And um, in nineteen eighty eight, I wanted to become great. In nineteen ninety three, I wrote down greatest of all time because I won three bracelets, four in a year. I said the only way I can get there is to become the all time bracelet leader, which I am. I have fifteen now, and and three guys have eleven, and um, you know, and and one of them is uh, the great Phil Ivy, who's chasing me. And Ivy's amazing. What a, what a, what an amazing poker player. And uh, we'll see. I mean, I just have to put up like 24 or 30 and see if he can catch me. But, you know, I, I work hard on doing that. You're like, and you're like Jack Nicholas at Tigers breathing down your neck. I mean, <laughs> look at you. I have all the records. Now, lately, 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 some people have been attacking my legacy. And uh, and it's kind of pissed me Name off, names. man. I mean, Name I'm names, Phil. Who, who? I'm out there fighting. <laughs> I'm like, you did what? You, you're not telling me. You know what I mean? It's Damn like, that, Nick Wright. <laughs> Yeah. I saw Drake on Saturday night uh, and we were and we started hanging out and I said, hey, uh, you know, um, I walked up to him and he has all the security around him. And I thought somebody was going to get tackled. I'd only met him once. And uh, he sees me and he throws his arms open and gives me a hug and tells security, it's OK. Oh, it's OK. <laughs> and so I'm like, whoa, this is cool. I've only met him once. 
And uh, we hung out for an hour and I said, man, you were the great, you, it's amazing. You were the number one guy in music for three years. And I knew it was an understatement, but I just threw three out there and he's like three. <laughs> and, you know, he and, I, and I'm like, and I started laughing, you know what I mean? Because come on, we all know he was like number one in 2012 and 11 and the last three, four years. I mean, he's killed it. And we were joking and I'm like, yeah, I hate it when they say I'm not the greatest of all time. And people would have would have laughed and said, these guys are absurdly egotistical. But I mean, we're also kind of we're also kind of joking and playing it up. Uh, I'm wondering, was there a moment for you? Uh, you set out to to be the greatest poker player ever. And was there a moment where you said to yourself, um, hey, I can make a living out of this. I actually have a chance to be the greatest poker player ever. Yeah, I mean, that was that was back in 1988 where I was like you know, where I had to decide, you know, maybe 87, where I had to just make a decision to drop out of college. Now, my dad almost killed me, man. He is a PhD. He is right. a JD. He is an MBA. He's letter central. And so, you know, and for him, <laughs> you know, for me to drop out of school and I'm the oldest and I'm a guy. And I mean, like, you know, I mean, he has hand on me a little bit. His father's a famous heart surgeon. So his hand was on me a little bit. Continue in school, continue in school. And so he was, uh, he was pretty pissed off and, and upset for months. He said, I'm going to drop out and play poker. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and right away, I had like $20,000 in my bank account, paid off my student loans. And I'm like, <laughs> make a living doing this. And, uh, you know, and, and when I won the main event, it was the first time he came out to support me in 1989. And he saw me win the main event. It was 750000 in 1989. And uh, you could probably multiply that times at least 10 or 20 by now because inflation. So it was a big number. And uh, and he was like, well, <laughs> I get you it. told dad to eat it, didn't you? I mean, you did. You took joy. You told your dad to eat it, right? <laughs> I bought a new Mercedes Benz. I bought him a new Mercedes. And, uh, and I married my wife. Right. Uh, you know, my wife is a, is a, is a doctor. Oh. And uh, and so, all right, the letter requirement done. My wife and I are still happy after 31 years. Well, my dad had a new Mercedes done. Showed him I can make it in poker. Done. <laughs> but did you get dad to finally admit, Phil, you were right. I'm sorry. <laughs> did you yeah, get when I was 20. Okay. When I was okay. 24, but not when I was 23. <laughs> when I was 23, he was still, he was still when, laying on me. You know? <laughs> what are you doing with your life, you know? <laughs> By the time oh. I was 24, he's like, ah, I get it. Yeah, but Phil, put yourself in his place, okay? Like, what are your, what are your, your first child comes up to you, hey, dad, drop it out of college, go to play poker. I mean, come on, man. So my second child, my second child, uh, you know, my, my youngest son dropped out uh, of college very close to the end to kind of go work in a movie theater. Uh, and I didn't say a word. I mean, I, I really didn't. It was, well, how could I was you? pretty proud of that moment. <laughs> right. No, because yeah. because he's smarter than I am and his EQ is yes. higher than mine. And I'm like, all right, whatever. <laughs> He'll figure it out. <laughs> but you're right. How could I? But, uh, <laughs> <you know. laughs> Wait, Phil, I want to focus in here because you've been married 29 years. You've been together 31. Is that correct? We've been married 31 years. Okay. You've been married 31 years. My apologies. How the hell has your marriage survived your lifestyle? Like, that is incredible, <laughs> <laughs> you better have an independent woman you know if, if you're going to travel a lot you better right. have pure independence and okay. my wife like I said, is a doctor and at a major university out where we live we don't like to mention the name of the university or rather she doesn't at a major university out here and so 
uh, you know, and so it's worked well. I mean, let me tell you something, Scugots. I mean, this a lot of a lot of women couldn't handle it. I mean, I went basically every day. She wakes up at 7 a.m. or 6 a.m. and goes to work. And so that's the way it's been in our whole marriage. And so, you know, so I've never I've never brought the kids to school in my life, basically. I did pick up the kids every single day, um, you know, that I was in town for, you know, 20 years or whatever it was. Uh, and, and even we'd sometimes send the, the, the maid to get the kids. And, uh, and, and if I came back just in time, I would go and just call her off and text her, hey, I'm here, go. You so know? at least you know where the and school so is because that. you picked them up. Like, you know, you could get them to school okay. if you had to in an emergency because you know where it is, Phil. <laughs> I picked them up every day. I, I coached I got their it. teams, you right. know, uh, I coached their, awesome. their soccer and their basketball teams. I was the worst basketball coach in history, but, but, I, did, <laughs> but, I, did, but I did do that. And I do understand basketball. Uh, but I mean, you know, so, I mean, I was there. I ref their games. And so, you know, that's, that's so... But I mean, for my wife and I, that dynamic of me traveling and, you know, sometimes I'd come home, I'm home for like three weeks and then I, I felt like going, you know, I felt like going. I mean, I get attention on the road. I'm the, I'm this great, I'm the greatest, I'm da, 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 da. I go on the road, you know, I'd get all this attention for me being Phil and then, you know, and then, and then I come home and I just couldn't wait to come home. I'd cut every trip short. I'd come home and my wife would tell me to take out the trash and blah, blah, blah. That didn't last long. We had a full-time maid uh, by the late 1990s. It came in five days a week. A lot of stuff that you, you want to do because you don't want to spend time doing other things. So, but it's really worked well for, for she and I and, uh, and, uh, uh, you know, and we spent a lot of time together at therapy, a lot of time. Um, because I think when you win the main event, when you're 24, you go from you know, zero self-esteem, yeah, no grades. I wasn't a great athlete. My dad wasn't happy with me. You go from that to winning the main event. It blows your mind, right? It's a normal thing. And, and your ego's out of control, of course. And, and uh, you know, and so a lot of therapy uh, has helped me with that. And, uh, and I mean, she's completely changed my life. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. New book, Hashtag Positivity. You are always in the right place at the right time. The Michael Jordan of poker, Phil Helmuth, is with us. Or perhaps Michael is the Phil Helmuth of basketball. I mean, I don't know. I don't know which way to do that. Um, no, I want, I mean, I've been wondering forever, that nickname, Poker Brat, is that something that fills you with pride or does it annoy you? I mean, it is what it is, right? So uh, I did not want to be I – guess, I guess I wanted to just be known – I guess when I when I kind of gave myself the name Poker Brat uh, back in like 2001, uh, when I gave myself that nickname, actually, I felt like people are going to see through it. And as we became in 2002, three, four, five, six, seven, as poker exploded and the numbers went crazy, I always assumed that everybody would figure out I was actually the good guy at poker. I always assumed that everybody would figure out that I'm a guy that's never cheated on his wife in all these years, that I'm not an alcoholic, that I'm not a huge drug guy, that I'm not, you know, that I'm a family guy and that I, I lead a life that hopefully people, a lot of people would aspire to lead, right? Um, I wasn't the young guy's heroes, 
like, you know, Phil Ivey in the biggest private jet in the biggest suite at the nightclubs, you know, just kind of like, and everybody who's 19 wanted to be Ivy. I figured I'd get a lot of people that were, you know, Hey, I, I want a stable family life and poker. And so, but it just didn't happen. I mean, I, I never really, and, but people immediately by 2007, eight, they started saying, Hey, wow, Phil's really not a bad guy. He loses. He's like John McEnroe. So I, I was, you know, very polarizing. So a lot of people actually hated me. Uh, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio told uh, Doyle Brunson that he hates me or something. <laughs> you know, that was a. I don't want. I'd be honored to be but... honest with you if, I mean, if Leo said that about me. <laughs> <laughs> saying your Doyle, name. This was, this was like ten years ago, <laughs> and then he watches poker. He loves to see me go broke, and he loves to see me whine and lose at the table. So polarizing is the word, and I think I think by now I've converted most of those people that didn't like me to liking me because they realize. You know, I mean, if you ask anybody in the poker world, uh, everyone will say that I'm uh, a really, a really great person. You know, Phil, how does Who this work? at the table? But, but, but. <laughs> Go, I want to see you be the poker brack. <laughs> um, how does this work for a guy like you? Like, do you scour poker rooms looking for tables full of suckers? Like, how does that work? <laughs> Never. No. Yeah. The, the interesting thing is this. Like, imagine this. Stu Gott's pretty simple analogy. You're looking at a pyramid. Okay. And all of the lower, you look at the very bottom level, it's all the home games, right? People playing at home. And, and then the next level is casinos. And so then the next level after that is, is the bigger casino games. And then when you get to the top, it was generally Vegas or LA or some of the East Coast. And so what happens is money flows upward. So everybody that's really good in home game wants to test their metal at the next level and the next level and the next level. And so the money flows up to the top. And so right away in the 1980s, I was already playing in the biggest games in the world and, uh, and I was already making money, but I was kind of, you know, at that point, I didn't have a great reputation for all the games. At that point, I was great at Noldum at Hold'em. And I spent a lot of time cutting my teeth, learning all the other games, you know, at a world-class level. It took a long time for some of those games. And so generally speaking, I'm playing with, with my billionaire best friends out here in Silicon Valley um, in, in a private game. If I go to New York, I might play with the New York billionaires, Chicago. Then I'm going to play with Chicago billionaires. Houston, I'll play with the Houston billionaires. Those games are out of control big. If I go to L.A., I'm playing with a bunch of the guys from L.A., the billionaires. Hey, Phil, we get it. All your friends are billionaires. Fuck. Back to stupidity. So it's private stuff. Or uh, if I go to Vegas, uh, I'll sit down. Usually not in the biggest games in Vegas. I'll sit down in the secondary games because, you know, I, I don't like I don't like I don't like swinging 250k, 500k a night in Vegas. And I've just been on a huge run in Vegas. I just keep winning every trip there. And uh, and uh, but generally speaking, I play in the biggest games all over the world. And uh, and then you never have access. The only time I have access to, you know, I would say. The time I have access to, to, to a lot of other poker players is when I'm playing, um, you know, World Series of Poker Tournaments. And then I play with anybody and everybody. And that's a challenge in itself as well. What's the, uh, and I imagine whatever happens in those private rooms, private games stays in those private rooms and in those private games. So I'm not going to press you on that, although I want to so fucking badly, Phil. Right now. <laughs> Listen, I, I, brought, I brought athletes in. I brought athletes and movie stars and team owners into, the, into, into my game. 
up here in, in the Bay Area. And uh, some of that stuff we can talk about. And then, uh, you know, and then you look at the private games in L.A. And, uh, you know, one of my friends now has, you know, some of the biggest uh, names on the planet playing this game regularly. And, uh, you know, I mean, these guys, you know, take a win or lose 250,000 is, is not, you know, not that much. Uh, more, the more regular swing is more like 100K. So, so, yeah, you really have some huge names in the game. Mike, I want to ask him, you ever been at a table with Jeff Bezos? Like, I just want to start guessing like billionaires. <laughs> well, Bezos is, uh, Bezos, I was supposed to, I was supposed to hang out with him at this, I think he does this event called Mindspring. I'm probably have it wrong. But Amy Tan, you know, the author, invited me to go hang out with Bezos, uh, I don't know, 10 years ago. And I was just too busy. You know, at that point, I'm getting paid everywhere I go, right? And so if I'm in New York, I'm being paid. If I'm in Florida, I'm being paid. Someone's paying for my suites and, and all that stuff. And usually I get, you know, 50,000 a day for, for stuff. And so that's been going on for a long time. And then when you're that busy, it's kind of hard to show up and do stuff. You want to be, you want a social life. So I want to, I want to be with my friends. I would rather with the group of friends I have, I play high stakes poker with, I would rather have a nice dinner with them and, 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 and sit down and talk uh, because that's, you know, I mean, yeah, I need that, um, but but it's also fun to play poker, and then the egos get a little out of control. <laughs> we have some bad winners. Bad winners are fun, right? When they when someone's just smashing you and just in your face, and you're just like, uh, <laughs> yeah, like you. <laughs> I've never been a bad winner, <laughs> but you should. I'm be. a bad winner. <laughs> they beat me a pot, and I go, God damn it! How could you play eight nine offsuit? I'm going off. And, and, and it was the first years they would film me. Except for that one time when you told your dad to eat it, Phil. You told your dad to eat it. Then you were a bad winner. <laughs> Wait, what's the coolest poker table uh, you ever found yourself playing at? Is there a table, like, is there a night that sticks out for you where it's just loaded with celebrity that you can talk about, obviously? Uh, I've, I've had fun. I remember, I remember once I was playing with, uh, with uh, you know, Kevin Hart's always fun, right? Right. And uh, and I remember just I remember we had like uh, the number one artist in the world. I don't want to mention names and, okay. and the number one comedian in the world, uh, one of the number one basketball players in the world. And, you know, I think of myself as the number one poker player in the world, although they're trying to fight that. They won't give me any credit at all. Um, <laughs> but, you know, and I just thought, wow, this is such an amazing one of the most famous business people in the world. And I just thought, wow, this is amazing. And uh, and uh, yeah, and that was two years ago, but I've also been at some crazy, t I, when I used to host events, I hosted an event at Sundance Film Festival and, uh, you know, and there were so many stars there. When I have the microphone, when I host these events, I have the microphone. And so um, I have the mic, it's just filled with stars, you know, and I remember asking one guy, hey, what's your name? Because just to, to give him some credit on the mic, I'm on green. <laughs> and this was back in you know 05 and <laughs> shit man this is my this is, i'm a big fan of Amon. i'm a green bay packer guy and uh, i just started laughing because because if i didn't ask i would never have known because there were so many other huge stars there you know rogers ever play with you yeah i was just asking if well, rogers, the rogers story yes. so we're i'm at aria hotel which is you know a big sponsor of mine and uh, they had the michael jordan tournament and they're like phil you know, um, I have to be there a certain number of days. So like, hey, I want you to come in for the Michael Jordan event. I'm like, okay, cool. It's a golf event. And I said, and, and they said, and I said, 
I'd prefer not to golf. I have to get up in the mornings. And I said, okay, well, we want you to show up and kind of support our A&B around. You know, Dr. J's there, MJ. I mean, it's just a, this huge. And uh, Rogers was there. And so I told a guy at, the, at one of the bars, High Limit Bar is kind of where the biggest celebrities in the world hang out. You'll catch Jordan Gretzky and all these huge stars there. And I told the, the guy, I said, hey, if Rogers comes in, can you text me? Um, I never do that. And, uh, and I went to take a nap. And I woke up and I'd been texted like 20 times and I'm like, <laughs> shit. And, and Rogers has been at the bar and I didn't, I didn't make it down there. And I'm like, damn it. <laughs> this is a bad time. To take it. <laughs> you know? Terrible. Uh, so I, haven't met him yet. I mean, uh, it's amazing how many people I have met, but yeah, no, not him. Not yet. All right. So Aaron, Aaron is a friend of ours. He's a friend of the show. I am going to make an introduce uh, an introduction to, uh, uh, for you and Aaron Rodgers, okay? But listen, I'm Love not going to do it without asking for something in exchange. I don't know what it is yet. But <laughs> Phil just spit up his coffee. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. You wanted me to get you into the Warriors journey. <laughs> uh, Phil, my, uh, and one might say wrong place, wrong time with Aaron Rodgers, Phil. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, don't throw that. Come on. Now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was totally unnecessary. You're right. Mikey A has a question for you. Go ahead, Mike. We'll get you out of here in a minute. I was, just, <laughs> I was just wondering, I mean, you're not going to some event where you're playing basketball, but they're all coming to your world. What is it like to like, like you're the main guy in this world that they're it's all crazy. coming to? Yeah. I mean, somebody pointed that out the other day when, when I ran into Drake, uh, you know, a few days ago and. And, uh, and, you know, and I'm like, man, I'm glad that he didn't you know, have me tackled by security guards. I've only met him once. And he gave me this huge, and he's like, well, Phil, they're in your territory now. And I thought, yeah, right. Drake, Drake is a fucking star way, way, way up in the sky. I'm not even close to him. But yeah, I mean, I, I do think that uh, I do think for me, I'll say that, um, I'm not nearly as big a star as, as all these guys, uh, it, but it does seem like my fans are super intense. So, um, you know, uh, it seems like when my name is mentioned to, to five people and maybe four don't know who I am, the fifth person's like, that's Phil. So it, it feels pretty intense. Um, my fans are intense. And then when you're in Vegas, yeah, it feels like it's loaded with my fans. Um, I, one thing I've noticed, which is really weird is, um, Ever since I became famous, it's really weird how I'll be in a room with a bunch of A-listers and 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 I want to leave them alone, sort of, and they flock over to me, you know. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, what the fuck? I mean, well, well <laughs> you know, right. like, I guess I'm pretty fucking cool, man. I mean, they're <laughs> so such a badass, and, and you know, <laughs> no, and then and that's bad my ego. I remember, I remember once I was in the Aria, and uh, and I'm. And I went to dinner and I told my wife, I said, honey, it was the one restaurant that wouldn't deliver. I just finished like fourth in the tournament. I was exhausted and I wanted to order from, uh, you know, the Mexican restaurant, Javier's. And so I had to go get the food in person. And I just said, "Hon, I think I'm going to run into somebody really big. I think I'm going to see MJ. I knew he was in town. And I did go through the high limit bar on the way to the food to, to kind of make it happen. He wasn't there. Grabbed my food. And at the last second, I'm walking back and I said, I'm going to take the long way back up i'm going to take the escalator i'll stay out of the public eye you know i won't get stopped as often and i hit the top of the escalators and there's mj with this guy pops and he's walking like two miles an hour and i i always walk super fast in vegas and i'm coming up fast and i slam my sunglasses on and i'm like ah 
fuck it. I'm not going to bother MJ. We've hung out a bunch, but I, I don't want to bother him, you know? Let me just get my food and go straight to my room. So I go by and I nod at him. I'm like, I'm like, MJ? And he's like, Phil nods back and I'm gone. And I hit the corner and I hit the next and I hit and I open the VIP door up, you know? And I always look behind. I, I'm, I'm from Wisconsin and <laughs> it's amazing how many times someone snuck up behind you and you want to open the door for them. I mean, that's the way I was raised. So I opened the door and it turns out MJ has run to catch up with me. And I'm like, what? <laughs> MJ's run to catch up with me. And I'm like, I'm a badass. I'm a badass. I'm a badass. We're talking, we're talking, we're talking, you know, and I get up the next day and someone's emailed me. This is when Obama was still president. Obama was asking how you're doing at the world series of poker. I'm like, Obama knows my, my name. He's a guy. He and I'm like, I'm a badass. I'm a badass. I'm a badass. <laughs> And dude, I swear to God, I was such an asshole. Okay. I was so, I was so, well, I guess, yeah, I wouldn't often call myself an asshole, but I, I, call, I was so egotistical. My mind was so puffed up that for two weeks, I wanted to tell everybody about Michael Jordan and Obama. And I did not keep my head down. I did not do good work. I think I was on 99 caches at the World Series and number 100 was going to get me all this press. Yeah. You know what I mean? And just for two and a half weeks, even cash. And I just kind of laughed at myself. And I said, man, how puffed up did you get? And how ridiculous was your ego? You couldn't even focus on poker for two weeks. And you just wanted to tell everybody. You wanted to be out there bragging, bragging, bragging. And so, you know, I, I, think, I think now a much more mature version of me, you know, Elon Musk came to my, uh, you know, my book launch party. And I said, oh, man, how, how puffed up am I going to be from this? We take a quick break from the podcast to let you know that we know Phil's going to need a shopping cart after he picks up all the fucking names he dropped. Jesus. Back to stupidity. But then I, I started reading my autobiography every day for, uh, you know, the audio version of Poker Brat and, uh, and reading that kind of the ego wasn't really in effect because I read about how hard it was for me, you know, growing up, you know, uh, with, with bad grades and everything. And so that kind of saved me. And so I'll use that technique if I'm feeling a little bit too puffed up, uh, which happens at least now I see it. My wife says, Hey, your ego's out of control. We see it. It's an easy fix. We couldn't fix it in my twenties, couldn't fix it in my thirties, but now I can read my autobiography at least, or start focusing on, you know, my fourth tip of the day from the book positivity write down your blessings and put them on your bathroom mirror. And in those blessings is not meeting, oh, is not meeting Obama or MJ or all this other BS. Those right? are my goals. In yes. those blessings is health. In those blessings is 15 world championships and my wife and my kids. And then, you know, but man, it, it's, it's easy to get puffed up. And, uh, you know, I, I, I call it mind blown. It's easy to have your mind blown. And then, you know, that's the worst thing that can happen happens to athletes. And as you get older, you get better at that. And I still haven't mastered it, but I'm better. Health, schmelth. I want to meet Jordan. I mean, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> hashtag positivity. <laughs> Phil Hellmuth is with us. Uh, you are always in the right place at the right time. Teaches eight important life tips and explains why you are always in the right place at the right time. Uh, it is available wherever books are sold. Two quick things. We'll get you out of here. One quick game. Helmuth or go to Helmuth, okay? <laughs> okay, you got it? I'm going to ask you a series of questions. If you like it, you say Helmuth. If you don't, you tell everyone to go to Helmuth. Got it? Okay, got it. All right, <clears throat> and then we're going to play strip poker. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. 
Uh, I just wait. I just shot for Hustler magazine a few days ago, and there was no strip poker involved. Okay, listen. I am telling you, this game is rigged for me to lose. Okay, you cannot nope. lose this game. Okay, nope. <laughs> you can't lose it. It's impossible. I'm telling you. All right, taking more time than necessary to make a decision: Helmuth or go to Helmuth. Oh, go to Helmuth. Jesus, I'm mean, gonna hate it. When they, I hate it when they study 30 seconds every hand. Just hold your fucking hand. Let's go. <laughs> That's exactly what we were looking for. <laughs> Being in the shower, Helmuth or go to Helmuth? Being in the oh, I like showers. I'm going to say Helmuth. Uh, yes. A nice hot shower. You know, <laughs> get a little bit older too. You know, loosens up the bones a little bit. I, I'm lucky I have great health, but I, I like a hot shower. All right. Not acting in turn. Uh, Helmuth or go to Helmuth? Go to Helmuth. I mean, it's very rare that that happens. That's charity poker tournaments. People act out of turn. I have the mic. I just let it go. But still, you know, when you're in a professional tournament, go to Helmuth because come on, you know, I mean, you're showing everybody, you know, that you're going to fold out a turn. It's really not that big a thing. So can I go? 50, yeah, you 50? can. Yes, you can. You can do whatever you want, Phil. Uh, I prefer they didn't do it, so I'm going with go to Helmuth. All right, go to Helmuth. Thank you. Uh, taking the anchor position in blackjack when you don't know how to play. <laughs> Helmuth or go to Helmuth? <laughs> <laughs> I do that all the time. <laughs> that is that is that is go to that is go to Helmuth. Right. But I understand. Uh, I'm a little more sophisticated. You have this whole plethora of players that play blackjack, and they want everybody to play perfect. And if the guy on the end makes a mistake and it costs everybody, they all go crazy and they all say something schneid or you know, or, or, or passive aggressive. And sometimes they grab their chips and they storm off. You know what I mean? And I just think to myself, well, all right, that's, I've won as many times as I've lost by that person making a bad decision. So, you know, but I'll still say go to Helmuth, you know. Excellent. Uh, talking when you are out of the hand, Helmuth, I know the answer to this or go to Helmuth. I think <laughs> so it's out okay of the hand. Now. Oh, okay. Wow. Say, wow. You've grown up, you. Phil. <laughs> If it's if it's a if it's a pleasant conversation happening in the background, yes. If you, you okay. know, it, you, obviously, no professional would talk about somebody's hand in the middle of a hand. So, so yeah, yeah. I, I feel like you know, um, sometimes it can be annoying when you're filming and someone's in some long, long complex story and you're trying to figure out whether somebody. Generally speaking, people will shut up. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go go to Helmuth. You were right, right. but I'm gonna say that you know. 70 80 percent of the conversation i don't mind how about that all right that's fun uh complaining about bad beats helmuth or go to helmuth <laughs> i mean so everybody else hates it when people tell bad beat stories and uh generally speaking i don't want to hear bad beat stories from a lot of people but you know from the people that i love if they want to say oh my god this happened to me i will listen to lend a sympathetic ear but <laughs> But generally speaking, nobody wants to hear your bad beat story. Yes, you got it in with aces or kings, you know. Um, so, but but who's got more empathy than me? Because when I take a bad beat on television, I go off. <laughs> it's almost more entertaining watching you lose, Phil. <laughs> All right, two more. We'll get you out of here. Splash the pot. Helmuth or go to Helmuth? Go to Helmuth. Please don't splash the pot. It's just too hard to... You know, to track what happens, you know? Yes. <laughs> Giving and out by on the pot. For those people at home, they're talking about putting in a, a bunch of chips and they hit the pot and we don't know exactly what you bet. All right. Thank you for explaining that. You're a better radio host than I am. <laughs> uh, giving out unsolicited advice. Helmuth or go to Helmuth? 
Oh my God, go to Hellmuth, please. <laughs> I, mean, you know. I mean, then people come to me and they're like, Phil, I played this, give me your advice on this hand. And I give the answer they don't want to hear. And then they start arguing with me. And I'm like, motherfucker, you came to the best Holden player in the world and asked for my advice. You're going to fucking argue with me? And I say exactly that. And then, they, and then mums the word. Either that or argue with me, but never ask me again. You know? Oh, my God. So great, Phil. Uh, hashtag positivity. You're always in the right place at the right time. I noticed uh, one of the things you'll learn in this book is how hate and negativity are poisoning you and holding you back. Can you explain that? Because for me, I call it levitor. <laughs> That's... <laughs> I lost two guts. <laughs> oh, fuck yourself. <laughs> that is my favorite chapter of the book. It's called Hate Hurts You. And so, you know, it's become super popular now that people are talking about get rid of your hate, get rid of your hate. I actually have a three-step method for getting rid of your hate in my book, what to do, very specific. And, uh, you know, the problem is that, you know, if you hate somebody, say someone wronged you, right, and, and, and destroyed your friendship, stole some money from you, whatever, you hate that person, right? And so every time you think of that person, negative energy and fuck this guy and da, da, da. not you think of them all the time but whenever you do there's just like red negative energy of fuck him blah, 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 blah. you might even go off a little bit to your friends oh i hate this guy well forgive that person not for that person that person might be a horrible person forgive that person for you and so the first thing i would have people do is i have them lie down first thing you do is you think about the person you hate put them at the forefront of your mind anybody watching right now we can do this in a quick 10, 20 second exercise. Think about the person you hate or dislike the most on the planet and then ask why they did what you did because sometimes there's some explanation that gives you a little bit, eases your burden a little bit. And the second step is to then go to a room where you're not gonna be disturbed for 20 minutes. You know, you don't want somebody knocking on the door and you lie down, generally a bed is good and you lie down on your bed or your couch and you close your eyes and you think about the person you hate and you start sending them love. It's the most unnatural, weird feeling you've ever experienced. You're sending this person love, love, love. And then when that happens to me, I'm also thinking, well, okay, well, let me send all the people I love, love too, right? Whatever that means to you, sending love. And then it's so bizarre how the next time you run into that person, your stance towards them has already changed a little bit and they see it and they treat you differently. And that's, we're not talking about the mysteries of what happens when you're sending somebody love. We're talking about shifting your attitude and, you know, and deciding that, you know, <clears throat> that trying to find one or two good things about that person. Are they a family man? Do they give money to charity? Is there anything redeemable at all? <laughs> and, uh, and, and it's amazing to me. Um, one time I forgave somebody and it led to me making, uh, you know, $10 million. I mean, I had no reason to forgive this person spent the time doing this exercise, which I learned when I studied Buddhism and uh, my wife and I went and studied. And then it's amazing. That led to $10 million. You can't make that up. And so I just thought, wow, I'm on the right track here. Uh, forgiveness has helped me financially. It's helped clear my mind. And when that energy, when you start thinking of that person now, now they're in a more neutral light, you're not wasting any more energy on hatred and negativity, which opens up more energy to maybe achieve the goals on your mirror, to maybe appreciate the blessings, you know, to maybe appreciate, to maybe do more, uh, use more energy in a positive way. So hate hurts you. It's not about that person. That person might be the worst person on the planet. It's about getting rid of your hate to clear your mind for yourself. Hate hurts you. 
my favorite chapter of my book. Phil, Positivity. I got to tell you before we let you go, and again, uh, Positivity, you're always in the right place at the right time, wherever books are sold. Uh, we had you on a bunch of times when you were younger. To see the evolution of Phil Helmuth and to see how much you've matured and grown up and surrounded yourself with the right people, it is super refreshing to see, man. Like, Forget about everything else. Congratulations on that. Because as I get older, I know that stuff's important, you know? It's so true as two gods. And I, I, I do feel like in a, this amazing position where it, it's nice. I have surrounded myself with people that I love and, and, uh, and people that are very like-minded to me. And, uh, and, and yeah, it's been nice. I mean, I couldn't wait to get that book positivity out. My autobiography came out. I was wait, waiting for that for 10 years. I decided to write it. And within months, I'm like, I got to get this book out there. I told my wife, I said, honey, if something happens to me, I want you to promise you're going to get that book out there because these eight life tips can help millions, hundreds of millions of people. And I want that as part of my legacy, you know? Yeah. And then when Tony Robbins started telling people to buy my book, Positivity. That's awesome. Uh, in his, and, and I didn't hear that from Tony. Uh, I, I talked to Tony, but I heard that from someone who was one of his seminars, came up to me and said, Tony told me to buy your book. I was like, Woo! <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it yeah. feels amazing to be able to, to help so many people with, with eight life tips, which, which I've learned which has allowed me to become, you know, great in poker. And, and I've been doing a lot of business stuff too, Stu Gotts. I'm on 13 advisory boards and uh, it's been fun. It's, uh, it's awesome to see. It really is. Congratulations to you and congratulations. That, that's to the a book. heartfelt compliment from you, Stu Gotts. Thank you. It is. It really is. You know, it is, Phil. Otherwise I'd be breaking your balls about it. And I'm not, I felt because it. yes. I felt I, it. I felt it. Thank you. I, I, listen, my mom just passed away. I'm 48 years old. So I've arrived at a place where I know just speaking to people, hearing outside voices surrounding myself, uh, with, and really evaluating myself, I know how important it's become for me. So uh, I'm happy to see that uh, you've had a similar experience, man. Congratulations on all your success. I love book. your energy, Stu Gotts. You're laughing. You're having fun. Yes. Well, listen, I'm stealing for a living. I should be doing this with a ski mask on, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, I want to do this again. I'm going to get Aaron on with you, okay? Me, you, and Aaron, all right? And we'll, uh... I love it. If you're keeping track at home... This is now the 18th guest I've promised I would introduce to Aaron Rodgers. Back to the podcast. I don't know what I'll ask for in return, but it's going to be big, all right? I'm just letting you know. Right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks for doing this, man. This is, uh, it's been fantastic, and it's good to see you and good to hear your voice. Thanks, you guys. Have a great one. Holy shit, Mike. I don't know what I was expecting there. I have no idea what I was expecting. All I know is that Phil Helmuth just exceeded every single expectation you and I had for that episode of Stupidity. Holy shit, was that guy good. What did you think, man? David Deal. How about that? <laughs> you win! You win! You win! I had Ace Custis! Stupidity! Stugats here for my friends over at Miller Lite. A lot's changed over the years. One thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So, what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. Listen, for me, it's simple. When I'm sitting around with friends, with family, we're at concerts, we're watching the Knicks finally win for the first time in 30 years, we're laughing, we're having a great time, we do it with ice cold. Miller Lights. Always have, always will. Miller Lite keeps it simple, undebatable quality, great taste, only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash 
do, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.